0: You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Youth Minister Andy Fidock. Our reading today is from St. Luke chapter 1 verses 39 to 56. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home.
1: Today we are continuing our series on The Weary World Rejoices that we've been looking at the last couple of weeks. Uh, This series is based loosely on the pretty popular Christmas carol, O Holy Night, and the talk that I'm going to do today is focused on the verse, Fall on Your Knees, describing what it's like when we fall on our knees in worship in praise and adoration of our God. And that's exactly what Mary does in our reading today. She falls on her knees worshipping God for His character, for His goodness and what He is doing in her. But first, before we jump fully in, we're going to do a little bit of a recap so we know where we pick up today. So, a few weeks ago, we looked at the story of Elizabeth and her husband, Zechariah. Now, both of them were getting quite old and they had never had a child and they were thinking, well, probably won't ever have a child. And then God blessed them with the gift of a child, a very special baby that was gonna have an important role in God's story. Then we also heard the week after about a young woman named Mary. Mary lived in a town called Nazareth that we think probably only had around 500 people. So it was a pretty small town, uh, pretty low key, the kind of place on the outskirts that no one really remembered or thinks of. The kind of place that you don't really imagine the son of God to come from. Uh, Now Elizabeth and Zechariah would have been looked down upon in their society because they were unable to have children and Mary was just this peasant girl from this outskirt towns of Nazareth. Neither of these women were the kind of people you would expect God to choose. They weren't very important at all and yet God had a really big plan for them and the babies that they were going to have. So we get to today's reading and Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth. She's found out that she is going to have a baby. An angel came and told her, and this baby is no ordinary baby. It's going to be the son of God. She finds this out and then goes to stay with Elizabeth. I can imagine that these women would have been pretty excited to see each other. Because when you find out something exciting, like you're gonna have a baby, your relatives are the people you wanna tell. They're the kind of people that you wanna have around you to support you and lift you up during that time. So not only can they bond over the fact that they're both pregnant, they can also bond over the fact that they have some pretty crazy pregnancy stories. Can imagine going in a bit like this, Elizabeth going to Mary and being like, Mary, can you believe that me, like, I'm pretty old, like look at Zechariah, like we're pretty old. I'm going to have a baby because of how good our God is. What a miracle is that? And then I imagine Mary going back to Elizabeth like, yeah, that's pretty amazing that you're going to have a baby. I'm so excited for you. But I tell you what, I think that my baby is even more of a miracle because I haven't even had sex yet. Um, If you don't know why that is such a miracle that Mary's having a baby uh, and you're a kid watching today, that's like to go ask your mum or your dad. But anyway, these women knew that the babies that they were going to have were miraculous, that they were going to be part of something that was so much bigger than just themselves. When Mary arrives at Elizabeth's home, this is what Elizabeth says to her. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my room leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. We know later on in the Bible, we find out that the baby that uh, Elizabeth gave birth to was a guy called John the Baptist, who was sent by God to prepare the way for Jesus. He came telling people to repent, be baptized, turn back to your God, ready for the really exciting thing he's about to do. And this little baby John, when he hears Mary's voice, does like a leap for joy in his mum's womb, hopefully not pushing down hard on her bladder. But he's really excited because he knows that in Mary's womb, This baby's like, that's Jesus, that's my saviour. Elizabeth even calls Mary's baby, my Lord, which is a pretty weird thing to call someone else's baby. But this is because she knows that this is no ordinary baby. This is actually her God, her Lord come in human flesh as saviour of the world, the saviour that they have all been waiting for. Then we get a bit of a musical moment happen and Mary seemingly seems to break out in song in our reading today. We all know that if you go to watch a musical, the part that gets stuck in your head and that you remember the most are the songs. They're the bits that help you remember important parts of the story. And the Bible seems to know that this is true because often we see when there's something important happening in God's story, story, we get a song. And so in verse 46, Mary sings, my soul, but don't worry, I'm not going to sing the whole song. But anyway, she starts singing this song and she says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant from now on. All generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary sings in the start of this song how good her God is. She's so assured that what he's about to do in her, this baby, is going to be something worth rejoicing in. And Elizabeth agrees with her. She says to Mary, you're so blessed that God has chosen you and that you believed him to do this. But why is it, how is it that these women are so assured that their God is good and therefore what he's doing in their lives is a good thing? When I think about God, and I think about how good he is, the thing that the person that I think about is Jesus. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I know my God is good because he sent Jesus to come and do his ministry on earth to the poor, the oppressed, the outsiders, to all the unexpected people. He then died on the cross, taking away all that separates us, all the sin that separates us from our relationship with God and giving us the gift of eternal life. Like that's such a good thing and such a good display of who God is. So that's what I think about. But Mary and Elizabeth haven't met Jesus yet. Uh, Jesus is still growing inside Mary's belly, and yet they still believe that their God is good and worth praising and trusting. For a really long time, uh, up until only about last year, if I'm being honest, I didn't really like thinking about the God of the Old Testament too much. Uh, This is the part of the Bible before Jesus was born. So the only part of God's story that Mary and Elizabeth would have known at the time. I didn't really like dwelling on the Old Testament too long because God just seemed a bit big and powerful and a bit... Uh, scary. There's violence in the Old Testament. There's times when his decisions just seem super impersonal. And yeah, I found myself a bit scared of this God and I didn't really like to think about it too much. And I've talked to my Christian friends and some of them also still feel this way or have felt this way in the past, that when they read about God in the Old Testament, it makes them feel a bit uneasy because it doesn't seem super like the Jesus that they know. And yet we also know that in the Bible it says that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same throughout history. So the God in the Old Testament is the same God that reveals himself through Jesus. The same song that Mary confidently sings this song about. For the last couple of years I've had the opportunity to study at Ridley Bible College. Uh, you might have heard of Ridley before because it's actually one of our church's mission partners and it's a place we can go and study the Bible and be developed as a leader so that I can be better at teaching you guys God's word and leading the youth here at church and it also trains up other people who are doing other ministries and schools and mission work around the world. Anyway, at Ridley last year, I got to do a subject on the Old Testament, and I got to go a bit deeper into the context, understanding what God was doing there, and tracking through it in class. And I began to realize that, okay, yeah, God in the Old Testament is all big, and He is super powerful, but He's not as scary as I thought He was. Because the more I started to get into it, I realized that Everywhere uh, in these stories, we see the character of God that we know through Jesus. The kind of grace and mercy and justice that we see in Jesus' treatment of people is the same way God has treated people throughout history. So today, what I want us to do is take a look at Mary's song, having a think and a look at what might have been coming into Mary's mind when she sang it, what stories from her history of her people, God's chosen people, the Israelites, might have been giving her the assurance that God was good and continuing to do a good thing through her now. And then we're going to jump forward to see how Mary was spot on because Jesus lived and acted and spoke so much like the song that she uh, prayed about her God. To help us not get lost, I've made ourselves a little bit of a timeline as we jump back and forward through history. So we can have a bit of a grasp looking at where Mary's song is and what is before and after that. So when Mary uh, sang this song, uh, let's look at verse 50 together. She said, his mercy extends to those who fear him, talking about God, from generation to generation. She might have been remembering when she said this line about how throughout history, God has remembered people uh, who are outsiders. He's shown mercy to people that aren't part of his people, the Israelites. He shows mercy to those that humble themselves before him and show that they fear him and put their trust in him. And one of my favorite stories will take us about 1,500 years before Mary's song. So we're going to take us back there. One of these people is a woman named Rahab. So it's one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. But Rahab was a woman who worked in as a prostitute in the city of Jericho. Uh, so she was someone in her society that was looked down upon a bit because of what she did. Now, the Israelites had been told by God that they had to go to Jericho because God was going to give them that land. So they sent a couple of spies to Jericho to suss it out. And when they got there, this woman, Rahab, this woman who worked as a prostitute, invited them into her home, putting her own life at risk. And she kept these spies safe. When the king asked, where are the spies? Like, I wanna kill them. I don't want them to take over my land. Rahab kept them secret. And she did this for them because she says, I actually fear your God. I've heard about what your God did to bring you guys out of Egypt. I've heard how powerful he is. And I'm pretty sure your God is the God that we should be worshiping, not all these other false gods that we have where I'm from. And because of that fear that she had in God, this woman that was a foreigner and an outsider got invited into God's family. Uh, when the walls of Jericho came crashing down, she got saved. Her and her family came to camp alongside the Israelites. And her story became so interwoven with God's story that we actually read that she is part of the genealogy of Jesus. So she's in his family uh, tree. Something I really love to also note about this is the fact that she's a woman that's in Jesus' genealogy. This was a pretty rare thing to happen at the time. But God knew that this woman was significant and he loved her and wanted her to be part of his story that her name is even listed in Jesus' family tree. So we zoom forward now. We're going back back to Mary's song and then even further to Jesus. And we see that in John chapter 4, we read about another woman who was a bit of an outsider. This was a Samaritan woman. Now, uh, Samaritans and Jews, people like Jesus, didn't usually mix. They had a bad history going way back, which meant that they just did not associate. So the Samaritan woman comes one day to a well to draw some water. And who does she find sitting there? It's Jesus. But she can see that this man is clearly a Jew. So when he asks her to draw her some water, she's a bit confused that he would want to associate with her and allow her to get him some water. They start to talk and Jesus reveals to her things he knows about her life that no stranger would be able to know. He then reveals to her that he's the Messiah. He's the person that they have all been waiting for, the savior of the world. And this woman is thrilled. She's so excited. She just got told this incredible news. So she rushes back to her town and she starts to share this good news about Jesus uh, with all these people. In that way, she becomes a big part of God's story because through her testimony of what Jesus did, many people came to believe. In God's mercy, she became part of God's story. Now, if we move back to Mary's song now, we'll see that the next thing that she sings is this. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the humble. Many times in the Old Testament, we hear about stories of the Israelites, God's chosen people, fighting against oppressive rulers in God's name, removing them from the land because of their sin. People like the city of Jericho. And these were rulers that tried to exalt themselves in their own power, often by oppressing others and pushing them down, treating their people poorly. These people, these rulers often worshipped, well, they did worship other gods. Uh, In their temples, they would um, use people for sex as a way to worship their gods. They would also sacrifice children. And God said, no, I don't stand for this. So God brought down those rulers from their thrones. And yet he lifted up the humble people, uh, people who humbled themselves before God like Rahab did. And they were invited into his family and his story. So God acts in justice towards those who exalt themselves. But he shows grace to those who humble themselves before him. If we jump forward again again past mary's song to jesus we see that he actually spoke words super similar to what his mom sang in this song one day uh, jesus was at the home of a pharisee so this was a really important religious ruler someone who would kind of turn up their nose at anyone who didn't follow all the rules like they did and jesus was at this person's house for a meal and he's sitting down and he starts to look around and notices that everyone's trying to get a seat at the head of the table. Everyone's trying to get those places of honor so that at this meal they look like they're important and special and worth listening to. And Jesus says to them, For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all those who humble themselves will be exalted. He goes on to say, When you have a special meal like this, you shouldn't be inviting your friends and your family or your neighbors, your rich neighbors that will make you look important. No, you should be inviting people who are poor, people in your community who have a disability. And that is when you will be blessed by God. Jesus also shows us that he acts in justice towards those who exalt themselves, but he shows grace towards those who humble themselves before him. Back to the next part of Mary's song. She says, He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Mary may have been thinking about God's instructions that he gave to his people, the Israelites, on how they were to live, how they were to stand out and be different to other nations. And one of the ways that he instructed them to be different was in how they harvested grain or other crops. He said, when you go to your field in harvest time, I want you to leave a border all around your field that you don't actually harvest. And then when you're harvesting the inside of your field, if you drop anything, I just want you to leave that on the floor. The reason that he asked them to do this was that so if there were any foreigners or poor people living among them, that these people would be able to harvest their own grain and also have a way to eat. So the poor and foreigner, the people who for different reasons weren't able to have their own land. God was like, no, I want to ensure that you do not go hungry. That's not the way we live uh, amongst my people. So knowing this about her God, Mary believed that her God is a God who provides. Her song says that God fills the hungry with good things, but he sends the rich away empty. Jesus, in his ministry, made it clear over and over again that earthly wealth is fleeting, that we shouldn't be finding a false security in money while we're here on earth, because one day when you die, that's all going to go away and you're going to be left empty. Instead, we should be putting our trust in Jesus, in the God who provides. He can truly provide us with what we need, not just earthly possessions, but he can provide us with eternal salvation through him. Our God is a God who provides. We make it now to the end of Mary's song, where Mary sings of God's faithfulness to her people. She says, He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Now I've added to my timeline a bit of a squiggly line now uh, to show the ups and downs of the history of the people of Israel. There were times when they really trusted God. There were times when they really didn't trust God, when they were sinned, when they repented, when they came back to him, just up and down in their attitude towards God throughout history. But despite this, through that whole time, God maintained his promises to them and remained very faithful to what he said he would do. He stuck to his promise that one day through their people, a saviour would be born. A saviour would come to bring uh, freedom to the whole earth. And this is the saviour that was growing inside Mary as she sings this song. This saviour is Jesus. And as Elizabeth said, this is her Lord. This is God become flesh to come live and dwell among humans so that we might be able to enter freely into the presence of God and have eternal life with him when we trust that what Jesus did on the cross was enough for us too. Jesus is the ultimate expression of the character of God that Mary sings about. Jesus is a God of mercy, the God of justice and grace, the God who provides and God who is faithful. This is the God that Mary puts her trust in, so that when she's faced with the pretty scary news that she's gonna have a baby, she doesn't freak out. Instead, she falls on her knees in worship, remembering the character of this God that she can put her faith in. If that's how Mary responded, how much more can we fall on our knees in worship when we experience the uncertainty and fear in our lives? Because we actually sit on a side of history where we actually know what Jesus did. Uh, We can trust in Him. And that means that through Jesus, we don't just get to know the character of God more, the God that we can trust in. We're also invited to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus. That we actually don't just get to know about God, but we actually get to know Him through the gift of His Holy Spirit. If you're new to exploring Christianity today, or this is your first time ever jumping on and watching this service, uh, welcome, it's great to have you. Um, And I really want to encourage you that the first step is to get to know Jesus. If you want to know who God is, Jesus is the perfect expression of our God. So you can, I want you to experience for yourself the goodness of God in your own life in relationship with Him. At, here at St. John's, it's like we really love to help you do. We would love to connect with you and support you on that journey. So if you head to our website, stjohnsdc.org.au, there's a button that you can click that says connect and we'll reach out to you. It doesn't matter what stage you are in your life or how old you are. Uh, everyone is invited to be part of God's story. If you're someone who already has a relationship with Jesus, then today I encourage you to actually fall on your knees in worship. These last two years, let's be honest, they've been pretty tough for all of us. We've all been experiencing this pandemic and it's, it's affected us all in different ways, but it has been hard. And at times it can feel like God has forgotten the world. Uh, if you look at my um, timeline again, you can see that it feels like it's been quite a while now. Well, this way. <laughs> no, this way. <laughs> it's been quite a while now um, since God did all this stuff through Mary. But just as Mary had to look back in her timeline uh, before she was born to the history of her people to have faith in the goodness of God, we too should look back at what Jesus did to be able to trust that He is good and worthy of our praise. A really great place that you can be encouraged to keep doing this is in a life group um, and also be encouraged to experience the goodness of God, not just what he did in the past, but what he wants to do in your life right now. Our life groups are small groups that meet in our church uh, more rec- uh, pretty regularly. Uh, we can go deeper into God's word. Find out more about Jesus and why he is worth trusting and worshiping. As a church, let's be reminding each other of just how good our God is so that we can live in the confidence of this so that as we wait for Jesus to return again, as we know he will, uh, that we don't become afraid, but that we actually stand firm in our good God, knowing that one day he's going to bring an end to all the evil and injustice and suffering forever. But while we wait, we have a really beautiful task that God has given us. He has asked us to share this good news with others. Don't just keep it to ourselves, but let the world know. Uh, That's not just through the words we speak, it's not just sharing the story of God with our words, but it's also in the way that we choose to live. So that is reflecting the character of the God we serve, advocating for the poor and the foreign among us, making sure that no one goes hungry in our communities. And showing that the God we serve is a God for everyone, even the most unexpected people, even people like Mary, just someone from a forgettable town. Everyone is part of God's story. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St John's Diamond Creek.